Hello, welcome back to my podcast. I hope you're well. I haven't actually recorded in my little studio for so long. I do just have one in my house, but I forget how much I've missed being here. Obviously I went to Australia for five weeks, so I was recording on like my travel mic and I haven't sat down and recorded one in a while here. So I'm very excited and I'm aware I didn't post one last week. Naturally, as life goes, sometimes there's busier periods in my life and getting a podcast out is harder for me just in terms of like workload and stuff. But it is one of my biggest priorities because it's my favorite thing to do out of everything. And it's why I post on TikTok and Instagram is to basically like grab people and try get them to listening to my podcast and stuff. And so I actually have an episode today that a lot of people will benefit from or learn something from because I feel like we all go through it in different ways and it is about this whole all or nothing concept and naturally in life you go through a journey of figuring it out more and more every year every month in your own little way and I'm sure if you think back to yourself and like two years ago you were like whoa like I've already grown but then you can recognize that there's probably a few more areas that you know you can work on or you know be kinder to yourself on and as I said, it's gonna be for everyone, maybe speaking to you guys who are more on the all side, right? Like always doing lots of things, struggling to take rest in work, in potentially exercise, in rest, in productivity. And then maybe to some other people who feel like they can't even start because they're at the nothing side in some areas of their life. And because they can't see themselves doing all, they don't do anything. And then also just people who are in that middle stage of figuring it out. I just thought it'd be helpful if I share some of my thoughts and stuff as it is inside Anna's mind. So anything that comes into my head, I've written down a few notes in my journal, literally like 20 minutes ago. And yeah, I'm just gonna share some things with you. I think it stems from an idea that everything needs to be perfect. Everything needs to be in control or everything has to be in order for us to be doing well. And not only that, but things have to be perfect in order for us to start. And the truth is nothing is ever perfect. And as soon as you realize that in life, you provide compassion to yourself when things don't go to plan. And this is like in every area of your life, you know, let's say exercise, injuries come in, holidays come in, time off, lots of different things come that you can't necessarily control. With eating, you could be going on holiday again, you could be at a party, not everything's gonna be in your perfect eating world. Friendships too, other people aren't perfect and so relationships with people aren't gonna be perfect. And then also just like productivity in your day. We have emotions as humans, we have last minute plans, we have last minute family duties or just like anything. And sometimes what we wrote in our planner doesn't get done and that's okay. And I kind of just want to speak about all of those topics in a little bit more detail. And I'm going to start off with productivity because I feel like this is a big one for a lot of people and it was a big one for me. And the reality is you don't need to be productive every day. Like you don't, and you're not going to be. And it's interesting, well, speak for myself there was a younger version of myself who genuinely genuinely thought every single day needed to be productive otherwise it wasn't a good day and i spoke to some friends recently you know i asked her what, what, what do you need to hear right now and she was talking about how like you know productivity and all or nothing and 
you know, it did make me think that I forget that other people are still in that place. And just because I'm not necessarily so deep in that place anymore, doesn't mean other people are. In fact, you know, me actually being in that place before shows that a lot of other people will be in that place too. Every weekday and to be fair weekend too, it was like everything was organized by the hour. Okay, I'm gonna do this, then I'm gonna do this, then I'm gonna do this and really not planning any breaks or chill time. And you know, if you did have any breaks, maybe like, it'd be like right, I'm gonna see a friend or just constantly being busy. And there are so many like side effects from it. You will get yourself in big, big twists when life happens, your day doesn't go perfect and then you're mad at yourself. And that's actually the unhealthy part. You know, I'm not saying this from a place of like, oh yeah, don't work hard, don't, don't get things done in your day, don't be organized. I love that. It's one of my favorite things. Like it's what keeps, not keeps me going, but it's such a big part of my life to be organized and get things done. But I've learned so much the last couple of years of providing yourself compassion when things don't go to plan. And also planning in time to switch off and booking nothing, like not having anything so that you can actually let yourself do what you wanna do. And I realized there's a lot of power in slowing down. And I definitely had this idea. And, and when I say younger self, like the girl that I'm thinking about right now is probably when I first moved to London, had blonde hair, um, I was living with Millie G and I, you know, I stepped up into being an adult more because, you know, you go from living from home and then I was living in London and I was like, right, work is where my head's at. I wanna be successful. And so I genuinely had this idea that any time taken away from work would make me less successful because surely the more time you put into it, the more you get out. And so I was constantly at a coffee shop, editing, filming, then going to the gym, then doing this, then doing that, then doing a post. And there's no part of my journey which I'm gonna criticize myself for, but I can definitely see that it wasn't the most helpful thing I was doing. In fact, since having periods of slowing down and everything else I'm gonna talk about, I've become more successful. And that is because there is a power in slowing down. When you slow down, you allow yourself to recharge. When you're recharged, you get to come back the next day or the next week or whatever, and you're stronger. Your brain is more switched on. You're more powerful, potentially in the gym. You are more efficient with things. And so instead of thinking, the more I do, the better, I actually like to think the more efficient I am, the better. Because work or productivity isn't our life, living is. And so what can we do to live more? Well, we do need to work or study or, you know, get things done in our day so we can have an income and so we can have, you know, there's lots of other things that I can appreciate why we work and stuff, but it is so that we can chill with our friends and have a slow morning and all the other things too. Some things that have really helped me is, you know, taking time off. So whether that's me going like this weekend, you know, I've had a really busy week and I've had a loss. I, I literally jumped off the plane from Australia. The next morning I went to um, Birmingham for like a shoot day and then I came back and I was doing loads of work. And then 
after a few days, I went to Manchester for like four days and that was all work. And then I came back and then it was Black Friday and it has been go, go, go. And so times like this, I just use my adult brain and go, you're having the weekend off. Like you are just having the weekend off. Now, don't get me wrong, it's a Sunday and I'm recording a podcast, but you know, I'd say 75, probably 80% of my weekend is my time off. And for me, that is really important. And I have enough stuff to be getting on with that I could have worked the whole weekend, but it's understanding that, no, I've had a really, really busy week. And if I work all weekend, what am I gonna be like on Monday? I'm gonna be exhausted and not necessarily have as much motivation because I've been kind of not stopping and keeping it going. And so naturally your battery decreases. Another thing that really helps me is intentionally being lazy. You know, I am a go, go, go type of girl. I have lots of things to be done, but I freaking love it when I can just wake up, no alarm, nothing to be done in like the first half of the day or just giving myself a good block of hours, like not just one hour, but just like a good chunk and, you know, get a coffee and just sit there and, you know, just literally do nothing. Maybe watch a bit of TV in the morning, maybe like slowly tidy your, tidy your house and not in a productive way, but just like, I have nowhere else to be, but I'm just chilling. Again, tidying up your house isn't my definition of lazy, don't get me wrong, but just doing things for you, whether that's a little facial or maybe, you know, it makes more sense in the evening. I, d I don't need to do anything this evening. I can just relax, I'm gonna make myself dinner, I, and I'm gonna leave my other stuff till tomorrow. Relaxing with friends has also been really beneficial for me. And knowing that when you hang out with friends, it doesn't always have to be, you know, going out or doing an activity and just having someone around, like my friend Amelia came around the other day and we just had a movie night and we ordered food and we like literally watched a film, we chatted and it was so nice. And so I think for me also, something I've learned this, since Australia is how important spending time with family and friends are for me. And I was definitely that girl, literally the whole year before Australia that, and, and I think this was needed. Like, I don't wanna say that this was wrong. It's what I needed at the time is when I was tired or, or when I have done my work, I didn't want to hang out with anybody. So it meant that I was spending a lot of time alone and I don't wanna say pushing my friends out because Hopefully they, you know, they understood that that's just what I had to do. And it was my own boundaries at the time, but I needed a lot of alone time. Like if I'm busy in my day, I don't want to see friends at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, since being in Australia and socializing a lot and just like being around people and stuff and also like missing my friends and family from back home this weekend, I've, I think I'm seeing like six different people. Like I went to the gym with my friend. I went on a run with another friend today. Had a movie night with my friend on Friday. I saw my family yesterday. I'm seeing another friend. I'm seeing two other friends today. Like I'm seeing so many people and like normally that wouldn't be me. And I think there is an element too where making sure that you do get some alone time too. And I realized like, oh, okay. I haven't had loads this weekend. And so maybe this evening is my time. Just like kind of kick my friend out a bit earlier and be like, right, I need to have some alone time. And yeah, like I've definitely found a switch, but again, like nothing's right or wrong. And if you're going through a period where you do need a lot of alone time to recharge or not even recharge, but you just don't wanna see friends as much, it's okay. Like just communicate with your friends that that's how you're feeling and not that like you don't care about them anymore, but just like at the moment, this is me. It's not always gonna be me, but this is what's going on. 
And the flip side of that is understanding that are you getting enough alone time for yourself too? I think it's very, very easy to fill up all your time with friends and then work and then fitness and then all of this other stuff. And then it's like, where are your breaks? Where are your breaks? Where are your breaks to be bored or just to watch a bit of TV, be alone, journal, like those moments. I would actually say, especially when I'm like journaling by myself or going on a little walk by myself, like uh, you don't want to know how little I go on walks by myself to clear my head. Like maybe I go walk to the coffee shop to get a coffee, but in terms of just going on like a 40 minute stroll, I I don't do that very often. And I think that's because, you know, the way that my day goes, I'm either working and then right, I need to train. So then I go train and I don't think, oh, I've just got a leisurely time to walk around and stuff. But those moments are the times that, and including running to be fair, running does this to me, but it makes me more aligned with myself. It reminds me of, you know, why I'm doing my stuff, my goals, my dreams, the fact that I'm doing well, like we are all doing well in our own different ways. And those quiet moments actually let you reflect and also reflect on potentially parts where this doesn't quite work with me at the moment. Maybe I need to go communicate to a friend. You know, this kind of hurt my feelings. Maybe I need to say this. Or you know what? I feel like I need to have even more alone time. All of that stuff. And yeah, doing those things like taking time off, intentionally being lazy, relaxing with friends, having slow mornings, just generally slowing down. This allows you to recharge for the bigger stuff. And I definitely struggle with burnout and I know a lot of other people do. And this will really, really help, you know, plan your Friday afternoon to do nothing and then plan your Sunday morning to do nothing. Plan in the evening when you fully switch off from your phone, social media, work, anything, and even parts in your day just to have, even if that's a half an hour break in all of your stuff to just stop and breathe. If that's taking a nap, if that's just sitting down, and making yourself some food, even just watching a bit of YouTube or taking yourself on a walk or taking yourself on a little gym session. It can really help. Slowing down makes me appreciate the fact that I love working hard. Whereas when we work hard all the time, we can start to resent it because obviously our body is tired and then we're not giving it that space. And so then your body starts being like, well, I don't enjoy this. Whereas when you get to slow down, you can really experience the contrast and be like, okay, slowing down is great, but oh my God, do I love the grind. Do I love the adrenaline? Do I love the pace of everything? And then cool, I'm gonna switch back to slowing down. And then you get to come back. And you know, it provides me motivation to be fair. You just gotta think about it in terms of a battery or an engine. You know, you put more fuel inside, you rest a little bit more, you've got more fuel in you to run this engine of yours and therefore probably bring you closer to the things that, your goals and the things that you're trying to reach. One of my favorite things about this as well is keeping the lifestyle long term. You know, if you're go, go, go all the time, trying to be productive all the time, you will eventually burn out and you will potentially have to stop and you potentially might, might find that quite hard to like start back up again. And so one of the reasons why I feel like I've been able to keep going is because every month, every year, I'm really understanding this slowing down thing so that I can continue to work at a good place. I'm resting with my exercise at points so that I can train harder. And it basically keeps my lifestyle long-term. You know, I'm not going to the gym every day, seven times a week, because otherwise I would not be able to do that for a year. Do you know what I mean? I'd go through fluctuations and I, and bearing in mind fluctuations are normal, but kind of big fluctuations of exercising every day and then not at all. And then all of this stuff. And so my, the, the way that I also set my goals 
especially when it comes to, you know, fitness and work, obviously you've got like your three month goals, your six month goals, but especially with like the gym and fitness, keep that for a year. Like in terms of, especially anything aesthetic or anything like quite hard, you know, whether that's like improving in your running and stuff like, yes, push hard the next three months in your training, but allowing yourself more room to breathe. I know when I had a eating disorder like three years ago, I was giving myself ridiculous goals of losing weight in certain periods of time or, you know, changing my body in week, in like in a week or two weeks or three weeks or a few days. And that is precisely what will keep getting you in these cycles. Like I really struggled with binging and bulimia and everything. And it was because I was just putting way too much pressure on a short amount of time. Whereas I turned up to the gym like, right, I'm training for my body and my fitness in a year. And so I'm just gonna train well for a year. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm gonna put in the effort, but I'm not gonna burn myself out. I'm not gonna make myself have any stupid expectations. I'm training for a year. And at the time it's really, really scary because if you don't feel good enough right now, you're like, oh my God, I have to wait a year. But in reality, even if you lose weight in a week, you still won't feel good enough. Like it's just, it's just true. And so yeah, giving yourself a whole year just allows you to feel a little bit more relaxed about it. But yeah, trust me when I say, I know what it's like when you feel like you will be less successful if you take time off. And take it from me, that is not the case. Taking your time off is protecting your peace, recharging your energy. It's so needed. It doesn't make you any less successful. And on the flip side, stay organized. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying, you know, lose the planner completely, but it's true. Organization and getting things done will make you more successful, but just make sure it's not all or nothing, right? Now we're gonna go into eating. Look, I'm gonna say it again, life isn't perfect and neither is what you eat. And you'll get in yourself in very big twists if you expect yourself to eat perfect, if you expect yourself to eat clean or anything, because naturally things come in, naturally your cravings change, you know, naturally you're offered food by other people or you go to a party or you go on holiday or, you know, you don't fancy eating some, you know, or maybe you fancy eating something else that normally you wouldn't have. That is normal, okay? And one of the biggest things that I found that really, really helped me when I had a lot of fear foods, I really, really struggled when people would offer me food like oh do you want some chocolate and like i'd be like oh my god of course i want chocolate i haven't had chocolate in ages but if i have one piece i'm gonna have the whole piece and then okay i'll just have blah, 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 and then you know i'd probably be the one to finish the chocolate bar and then probably go off in a binge because i felt so guilty that i even had one cube of chocolate do you know what i mean whereas now it comes to a point where someone offers me chocolate i'm like cool i have what i want to eat and then i'm done and it doesn't affect me i don't think i need to go exercise more like those thoughts don't come into my brain and the way that I got to that position was practicing eating the foods that scared me in my own time, right? So if you think pasta is really, really scary and if you go out to a restaurant and if you have it, then you're just gonna binge or you're gonna really get yourself in a really whole twist, can you practice having pasta at home? You know, whether that's once a week. And then, you know, that was the same for me, like rice, bread, pasta, pizza, chocolate, they all really terrified me. And it was until I started eating it in my own time. And you know, I when I had a big fear of chocolate, I just ate a little bit of chocolate every night, like literally like one or two cubes. And I was like, yum. 
And then it came to a point where I was like, right, it doesn't actually affect me, does it? Because that's the truth. Like none of these foods suddenly make you fat. None of these foods suddenly change your body. And, you know, allowing yourself to have it in little bits, you know, what you're comfortable with, but then also being like, right, am I being still too harsh on myself or whatever? They make you realize it doesn't do anything. So then when you are offered something, when your grandma wants to cook you pasta, you can eat it because you're like, I eat this in my own time and it doesn't affect me. When your friend offers you chocolate in the car, you're like, I eat this in my alone time, so it doesn't affect me. And obviously if you don't want it, like and literally not hungry, cool, don't eat it. Like, I'm not saying you have to eat every food you're offered. It's more about you not getting yourself in a twist because you want it, but then you feel like you can't have it and then you eat it and then you feel guilty. Like that's the cycle I'm trying to stop for you guys. And also one thing I do wanna say, and I just wanna put it out there because sis did it herself. A lot more people have like fitness accounts these days, potentially recovery accounts, which I think, is a great thing. Like, you know, if it's keeping you accountable and if it's making you feel good, great. What I noticed, and you know, maybe this isn't something to fault, but something that helped me in my journey at the beginning when I started obviously eating more fear foods and more different foods, I would basically only eat it if I posted it. So like, let's say I had a pizza with my friends, I had to post it. And I could never just eat a pizza in my own time and not share it with the world. Because I think maybe because I had this perception that people thought like, oh, maybe she's not recovering or maybe she's not eating those foods or whatever. So maybe I felt obliged to post it or like, I felt like it would be, I think in my own way, I felt like it'd be a waste if I ate it and nobody knew that I was eating something scary, which it's part of the process. You'll probably like, I used to post every single chocolate and pizza and everything. And I know for a fact that it helped a lot of people too. But what the, the reason why I stopped it wasn't because I didn't want to help people anymore, but because I realized it was actually detrimenting me. Posting what I eat in a day is posting every single snack and sweet treat and pizza and anything. I wasn't, I'm not going to say I wasn't doing it for myself, but I was still afraid to do it by myself. I was still afraid to eat a pizza and not let anyone know about it. And so I'm just putting it out there just in case you wanna try, like challenge yourself and be like, I'm gonna eat something unhealthy, you know, quote unquote unhealthy. I don't mean to say good food, bad food. And I'm not gonna post about it. I'm just gonna eat it for myself and just notice how that makes you feel. Because I, you know, some people may not relate to that at all, but it was something that I went through and you know since then you know sometimes i'll post stuff like if i have a cute aesthetic ice cream i'll be like right you're going up but guys you do not realize how many different things i'm eating in my own personal life and i don't post about it and it's not because i want to be seen as i'm eating well it's because i quite frankly can't be bothered like i i want to be able to eat things in my own personal life and not have to share it so i just thought i'd share that i thought it was interesting Now I wanna say something for, I guess, the people that are on the other side and, you know, maybe they haven't struggled with any like eating stuff and they're actually the opposite. And it's not that they're scared of eating anything unhealthy, but actually they're like, I've never done this before. I'm at the beginning of my journey. I don't even feel like I can go into health and fitness because, you know, I'm just maybe living a uni lifestyle or I've never been really like a vegetable family and we don't really on that kind of like health stuff. And, you know, potentially you might feel, especially like if you if you don't go to the gym, you might be like, well, 
I'm doing nothing. So you're on maybe the nothing side and I can't do all, so I'm just gonna stay at nothing. Firstly, I wanna tell you that it's okay wherever you are, right? It's okay wherever you are, it doesn't really matter. Obviously, there are natural benefits to moving your body and eating some nutritious foods. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, if anything, you're in a better position because you haven't got maybe society's judgments on what you should eat like, what you should eat like. You're just eating what you fancy. Do you know what I mean? It's a good place. You're eating intuitively. But knowing that it's easier to introduce things than you think. And it is with that knowledge that you don't have to be perfect. You can have a pizza, right? Maybe boil some broccoli up on the side. Do you know what I mean? Like you can start small. You can just start by adding a few little veggies. You know, you don't have to be perfect. You can still eat everything you want and just find things you enjoy, find things you like, find things that are tasty. Like how much like a little Greek salad excites me is potentially weird, but it does. And you find like nutritious things that are really yummy, like smoothies and stuff. And then Everything else doesn't have to be perfect, but you're definitely introducing things and you're bringing a benefit to your body, which I think is really great. And same goes for the gym, you know, if you don't, if you're on the opposite side of a gym bunny and you're like, well, I don't even know how to get into it or I'm far, so far from a runner, like I, I'm out in uni every night and I'm doing this, what and the other. And, you know, I'm definitely not a running girl. It doesn't matter, right? Allow yourself to come out of any boxes you have in your head. Allow yourself to try run, even if you get a stitch on the first 100 meters. Walk, run, do what you need to do. Do one kilometer, do half a kilometer. Do, you know, walk into the gym and walk back out. Walk into the gym and do a few sit-ups and a little mat workout and whatever, or go with a friend and, you know, let them teach you stuff. But allow yourself to be a beginner. It's a very exciting time. I love being a beginner in things, um, you know, even for me, I spoke about this on one of my Instagram posts. I was talking about fitness and I was talking about, well, obviously I've got a fitness page, I'm like, well done. And I was saying how it's actually really important to surround yourself with people who are better than you in fitness. And a lot of the time we like to be the best of our circle, which, you know, is cute, but surrounding yourself with people who are fitter, faster, stronger than you, it really does inspire you. And so I have a variety of friends that I work out with that are all different levels. And to be fair, I don't judge yet any point I don't care I'm here to have fun but I've definitely noticed when you do go for a run or you go to a workout class and everyone there is better than you I love it and I know for a fact that used to be a really scary thing not being the top person in a workout class and you know if you saw someone fitter or stronger especially if it was a girl your age or a guy your age you suddenly would put yourself down but really their their motivation they're like wow like I could rise to that level so I don't know if that helps Going on to exercise, um, obviously I spoke earlier about, you know, injuries come in, traveling comes in, naturally time's off, like you have to be away from the gym or running or whatever you're doing. Sometimes it doesn't work out with your plans. Sometimes you've got family stuff going on. Sometimes you're working so hard that, you know, you don't have the energy for the gym and that's okay. It is okay. It is so, so normal. Like when I went traveling in Australia, I, you know, there was a good two weeks where I didn't go to the gym once. And then maybe on the other like three weeks that I was there, I went to the gym maybe once or twice. Like I think max times I went to the gym was maybe twice. Maybe once I went three times when I was in a location, but I really don't think I did. I generally think I went twice um, in a week and I was so okay with it. And previous self would not be okay. I'd be getting myself on more runs if I couldn't go to the gym. I'd be walking all the time purposely and 
it just wasn't, you know, a thing in my head. And that's because I've done a few years now where, you know, naturally life isn't perfect and I'm okay with it. There's times where I've been, where I've dislocated my shoulder for six weeks and I haven't been able to do upper body. There's been times where I've had stuff going on in my own personal life and I haven't been able to work out for like a month. There's been lots of different stuff and knowing that it's normal is great. Knowing that actually, you know, it's the same as what I was talking about earlier with slowing down. Sometimes when you're kind of set off track, coming back on track is so much more fun. Like coming back from Australia and I'm like, ooh, I kind of want to like run and train more now. And to be fair, I haven't done loads. And the reason why is because I've been working really hard. And so battery levels are low. Going to bed a bit later, waking up a little bit later. Life's busy. Do you know what I mean? And again, I'm listening to my energy levels, not the little voice in my head that tells me, oh, you haven't worked out much recently. I'm like, cool, but I've done the most I can do. So that's where I'm at. Um, but yeah, like I, I've trained, like I went on a run today and I went to the gym yesterday and it felt good. And it's fun sometimes starting again and you're never really starting again because if you've gone to the gym previously, you've always like that strength is always within you and it's so much quicker to pick things up. Um, but yeah, um, also I don't want you guys to fear. I had quite a few DMs in Australia. Like, are you not scared that you're gonna like lose all your gains or whatever? Like they, they, they were saying, you know, I'm going on holiday and I'm so petrified. Guys, the science of muscles is that do, they do not go quickly. I'll tell you that now. Like for the amount I trained in Australia, I came back and my muscles were popping. <laughs> they were still there. Your muscles stay there, especially if you train for a long time. So that's again, why to be consistent and why to not just go ham on the gym, but just be consistent for a year or two or three. Like if you need some perception into my training, I've trained since I was, well, I've been active since a very young age, but I hit the gym when I was 14, I'm now 22. So that's eight years I've been in the gym. And no, I have never been like really, really consistent in terms of like training five times a week or four times a week. There's been times where I've had probably f months off and stuff, but I've pretty much been hitting the gym for eight years straight. So you can imagine my muscles are like, I don't want to say older muscles, but they will always bounce back quicker because of how long I've trained, because I know how to do the movements and the technique and I can play around with the weights and stuff. When I come back to the gym after weeks off, I'm good. Like I can just get straight back into it. I'm a little less strong, but it doesn't take me long to get back up. So it's another reason to kind of play the long game because then when you do have short breaks, you're like, it's absolutely okay. And yeah, again, if you've only just started and you're like, oh, but I'm about to like lose all my gains. Still, your muscles will be there. They might go the tiniest bit down. It's not the worst thing. You'll go back to the gym, get a little pump on. Two weeks later, you'll be back where you were, potentially even stronger, okay? So just want to let you know, don't be afraid of losing your muscles. It'll all be good. I also want you guys to have an understanding that exercise is not a chore, it is there for you. It's the same as journaling. It's not a chore. No one says you have to do it every day. You don't have to do five minutes of gratitude every single day. It's there when you need it. When you're having a down day and you've got no one to turn to, turn to your journal. When you're having, let's say a down day or you're feeling good or whatever you're feeling, you can go to the gym. It's there for you. It's your safe space. It's your sanctuary. Obviously, if you're in the middle of eating disorders or disordered eating, 
it is theoretically not your safe space. It makes you feel comfortable because it keeps everything in control and keeps your body weight and your exercise and your eating plans in control. And, you know, practicing all the stuff I've said before will allow it to actually be a safe space for you because you are moving your body and getting your serotonin and you're good. You're not going in there to change your body, etc. It's there for you. And that means that you don't have to do it every day. I think sometimes we get scared or we get pushed away from it because we think we have to do it. But knowing that it's there to make you feel better will help so much. And it's definitely been my perception. Definitely in the last year, like living in my place I am now and having my gym near me, like what, less than 10 minute drive and stuff. It's definitely been my little sanctuary. And I know it's my sanctuary because I don't expect myself when I go there to work hard every time. Sometimes I just wanna be there. Sometimes I just wanna sit and stretch on a mat in my gym and it brings me comfort and love. Um, and yeah, it sounds really funny, but yeah. Again, giving like the little flip side to potentially people who are trying to get into it, they, I don't know, or maybe you are more away from the disordered eating, exercising stuff. And so you've got more of like a plain view on it because otherwise, you know, if we talk about discipline, eating disorder is not discipline. Do you know what I mean? Like it's an eating disorder, but if you're more on that side of having a more of a regular view on it fitness is a very very good tool because you're basically you know if you're disciplined with it and if you show up for yourself when you tell yourself you're gonna go you are basically allowing that in other areas of your life fitness is somewhat near a stable thing in our life um yes we have the injuries in here and there but it's actually something that's always there and we can always work on it and we turn up to the gym we turn up for our runs we are showing ourselves i am here i'm disciplined and i'm doing what i'm saying so then when you get home and you have to do some work and some homework or some studying or chores you're like right i do what i say i'm gonna stick to my word and maybe that's you know the same with like making plans with other people you're like right i'm gonna stick to my word and again that doesn't mean that you can't always change your mind on things but it's yeah, it's definitely something that reminds me of how good it feels when you make progress. And then you, again, you can take that to other areas of your life. Another thing I wanna talk about is friendships and how all or nothing comes into that and how, you know, what expectations do you have on your friends? Are you pretty relaxed around how, how a friend can just be themselves and, you know, whatever that comes with it or do you have expectations of how they're supposed to be and how they're supposed to act and what they're supposed to do for you now don't get me wrong we're allowed to have boundaries if a friend always cancels on us we're allowed to have a boundary of you know what i'm not going to make a plan again for a while or if you want to make a plan you turn not you turn up but like you organize it i'm not putting my foot in there um like you're allowed to have boundaries but expectations of friends i think is something to be inquisitive about in your own little world because at the end of the day, every single one of us is human. And when we have expectations of friends to reply to our texts all the time or to meet us a certain amount every week, you know, you could potentially, you know, flip it around and be like, what expectations do you have on yourself? Are you really strict with yourself in every other aspect of your life and therefore putting it on your friends? Or, you know, there's lots of different ways to think about it, but and this comes from someone who has had to be imperfect to other friends and then also accept friends in my life 
that have gone against my expectations. And at the beginning, that was really hard. Now I've learned so much from it. Like, it was funny because my friends would text me and I wouldn't always reply and I'd potentially cancel on fr um, plans and stuff because I was overwhelmed. My life wasn't organized. I had a lot of work and I was busy. And so, you know, it got better when I was able to communicate, hey, I'm really sorry, I can't do this because of this. And that was a really good period. And, you know, being really clear with my friends, you know, I'd love to see you, but could we do this day instead? Or sorry, mom, this day doesn't actually work. Not because of you, but just because of my stuff going on and I wanna be present when I see you. And then also, you know, as that other side where I was expecting, while being that one person of, you know, people not getting replies from me, I would also find that there were a few friends that I had my finger on that weren't always replying to me. So it was interesting that with some friends you're so relaxed and maybe yourself, and then other people you're like, why aren't you texting me? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And you're focusing in on them and realizing that they've got their own life too. You know, what if they're really overwhelmed? What if they've got so much stuff on their phone? What if they've been taught certain things in their childhood, like not to open up to people, and not to express how they feel. And you getting mad at them for not doing that? You know what I mean? Be encouraging. Let them know that you're there and that you're here to support. But also understand that everyone's got their way to process. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, that's a, we can't expect every friend to be this perfect friend. We want friends to turn up as they are. Because then we can turn up as we are. But yeah, that was my little... TED talk on friends. Now I wanna talk about the fact that balance comes in seasons too. And sometimes, you know, this whole thing on social media and just everything like finding that balance, finding that balance. And then you've got people doing a run, seeing their friends, cooking their own dinner, cleaning up, um, reading their book or maybe having a nap, working really hard all in one day, right? All in one day. And the reality is that is not always the case every day. Sometimes it comes in seasons and that's okay too. And that was one of my biggest realizations that it's not a bad thing. We don't have to be perfectly balanced every day. And yes, there should be a minimum of rest in your day. Like, like no matter what season you're in, if you're in your grind season, you still have to provide yourself rest in your day. It might not be as much rest as you get on a holiday when you go with your friends or something, but you're still bringing in a little bit of something, right? It's the same as, you know, summer social season, you know, maybe you're still having a little hour in your day where you're to yourself or you're still hitting the gym a little bit, right? You've got a minimum of turning up for yourself in somewhat way, but you're allowing yourself to go the other way too. And yeah, knowing that even for myself, I think I work pretty well in seasons and I'm getting better at knowing how long I can last in each season. So like Australia was great. Like it felt really good to not do as much work and be present and in life and stuff. But overall for five weeks near the end, I was getting a little bit overwhelmed because I hadn't been getting my videos out and I was feeling a bit backlogged. So now I'm understanding that like, okay, you know, if I go away and I really want to relax the whole time, maybe do a little bit shorter, but then part of that trip can be, you know, and then maybe the few weeks after that, you're kind of getting back onto things. Or when I go back to Australia in two weeks, I'm basically gonna be doing my trip a little different. Still gonna be in Australia, still gonna be hanging out with friends every day, doing exciting activities, like getting it done, but then also being able to come off because it is my December, like it is my Christmas too. And so, yeah, like playing around with how your balance is. And it was actually something I was talking to my friend about, and that was 
reminding yourself how important it is to plan in fun times especially when you're a productive wellness girly and you think you've always got to be working on your running and training and your productivity and keeping your place tidy and journaling and right sometimes you don't even give yourself a little sunshine at the end of the rainbow you know plan in a weekend out plan in a week off to go with your friends somewhere on holiday or plan in like a, a night out or a rave or a festival or whatever is your like thing and do it a little bit more than just seeing your friend for a few hours like i think that should be on a weekly like fun few little things that you'll be doing in your week to look forward to and not being absolutely alone in your whole week and weekend but then like at least i think like minimum once a month but like every two weeks or three weeks give yourself something a little bit more exciting so you're like oh can't wait for my festival i can't wait to completely switch off and whatever okay but i can also understand that i gotta work hard right now and then maybe even plan something bigger like a holiday in like two months so you're like right i'm looking forward to that and it helps so much it helps so much um because you're basically telling yourself i can appreciate you're working hard now but i'm not expecting you to do this to eternity and i know in our heads we're like well i'll just plan it more spontaneous i can tell you now spontaneous Spontaneous plans do not come when you're busy all the time. So if you're continuously busy and you continuously to make yourself busy, spontaneous plans don't come because even on Friday, when you realize that you want to do something fun, everyone's got their plans and it's a little bit harder. Whereas, you know, it's a little easier when you say, right, I'm gonna have this whole weekend off and I know I'm gonna do something Sunday. Yeah, something might pop up on Saturday and you can be like, yeah, I can do it. And then sometimes it literally does take a little bit of planning. It takes you to just set something up so you can have something to look forward to. I kind of wanted to end on things I've learned. And, you know, I've already said a few things, but just to like tie up a few things. And some of them won't have anything to do with all or nothing, just about life. Number one, spending time with family and friends is important to me. As I explained earlier, I, you know, didn't realize sometimes the benefit in being with friends. I thought, no, either work hard or rest hard and that's all and be by yourself and whatever. But actually realizing the beauty in friendships and that is an element of what life is about. I think Australia taught me that because I learned what it was like to live. And so when I came back, I was like, I wanna bring this back into my life. And yes, I love my work and I don't feel like it's this boring thing that I'm stuck in, but it doesn't mean that that's the I don't know if the right word is epitome, but it doesn't mean that that is life. Do you know what I mean? The other day, I it was uh, like it was quite a busy week for me this week, and my friend said she was free, and I hadn't seen her in literally like six months. It was crazy, and I was like, oh, I could really do with getting some more work done. Like I kind of feel a bit like I need to get it done, and then something in my brain was like, no, you're gonna see her. Like invite her around, and I just did what I could before, and then I fully switched off when I was with her, and I we were chatting, we were laughing, and I was like this is what life is about connections loving people interacting with people experiencing things with people like would i rather get one more viral post out or have a meaningful conversation with my friend for an evening because i'm not always going to have that right and not everyone's always going to be around and that was a very important moment for me like wow yes i will continue to grind but having my friends alongside of me interacting with people alongside of me is what's really important to me now Next thing, success means nothing if you won't let yourself feel it. I've been there and when, yeah, when you work hard and then you achieve something, 
and you don't let yourself feel it or you think you shouldn't or you can't understand how and you just go, eh, it doesn't matter. I need to make more. I need the next big thing. You're not successful, right? Successful is a feeling, right? And not only that, but I do actually now have another definition of success. And I read it in this really cute book. There's a new guy called, I don't even know if he's new. I just come across him recently. I think he's called Charlie on Instagram. There's probably more to his name, but I just know his name's Charlie. And he does animations of a mole, a fox and a horse and a boy. And they're kind of talking about life. And basically my grandma gave me, like he, his posts did so well, he made a book out of it. My grandma gave me the book yesterday and I had only briefly seen a few of his posts. I didn't really follow. I thought they were really cute. She gave me the book and I had all of the little things inside of it. And it was, I would hundred percent recommend it to anybody. Like, I don't know what you would search up. Just like the Fox Mole Horse Boy illustration book by Charlie. <laughs> um, and it just had so many insightful things. And I and it's so easy to read. Like it's literally like a child's book, but it's not a child's book. It's got like a few pages on each, a uh, few words on each page. And one of them said, what do you think the definition of success is? And the mole went to love. And it just melted my heart. And I was like, oh my God, it's not money. It's not house. It's not that. It's your connections with people. It's your friendships. It's your relationships. It's allowing people in, you know, of course, while having boundaries, but to love is one of our greatest things. It's one of the most, is probably the most powerful emotion. And it just reminded me, yeah, I want to let love in, <laughs> in all different ways. And I want to, and I want to love too. I want to love my friends. I want to love people closer in my life. Um, so yeah, that was my views on success. And, you know, continuing from that, this is another thing I'm thinking. Protecting my peace is now my priority, but that doesn't mean not letting love in, right? So yes, it's my priority, but it's not a brick wall of, it's not the great wall of China. I'm not letting like any, like I don't, it's not that I want nobody in and that I've got to protect myself behind closed doors. It's understanding what peace looks like to me and what having peace is, letting people come in, noticing when your peace is being disturbed in a way and not just like a, oh, they've triggered me or whatever, but just like, right, maybe that's disrespectful. Or actually, you know, I don't want a situation ship because you're confusing me all the time and my heart is low key hurting. And so I kind of want to step out of it. It's those things that, you know, having boundaries, but but not cutting everyone out, still letting people in. I've already said this, but being consistent in my fitness and making progress in the gym or running gives me discipline and motivation in other areas of my life, which I've kind of already explained. Another one, if you're procrastinating, think to yourself, are you tired? Are you distracted? Are you unregulated? It's not necessarily that you're lazy. And this isn't necessarily like a quote, but it was just something that I'm very, very clear on now. When I start scrolling, I think to myself, when was the last time you gave yourself a break? Because your brain's clearly trying to get a break right now. If you've been up and going since 6am and you've tidied your house and you've gone to the gym and you've worked out and then you're trying to do a bit of work and then you find yourself scrolling, I'm not here to demonize scrolling, but like you're probably low key tired. You don't feel like you can give yourself a break. So you're procrastinating. When really, 
if you put your phone down straight away and had a nap or watched some TV or just lie down or ate some food or took a walk and give yourself an hour or however long you need to do, you just get back onto the task you needed to do. And then again, stop when you're tired. It's been one of my biggest saviors having a work phone and personal phone because what I found was in the evenings when I had posted everything, come to 6 p.m., I still felt like I hadn't done enough. So I would try and make another video, but obviously I'm tired. I haven't had a break in my day yet. So I start scrolling and then it's like 8 p.m., 8.30. And I'm like, oh my God, I haven't had dinner and I haven't got ready for bed and my whole evening's gone. Oh, I just really wanted a relaxing time to myself. Whereas now, as soon as I realize I'm done with my work, work phone is off, socials is off. I don't need to push my limits when I know my limits. If I'm starting to procrastinate, I'm tired. Another sign of procrastination is you're unregulated, you're dysregulated, you're not feeling too good. Maybe your emotions are all around the place. Maybe something really triggering just happened. And again, I don't wanna demonize scrolling because one of the biggest things I've had to learn is when I have scrolled for an hour that I'm compassionate to myself. Because as soon as you start feeling guilty about it, you'll scroll for another four hours. Whereas I go, okay, something is clearly up. It's okay that you've scrolled for an hour. I'm gonna help you now. Do you know what I mean? I'm sorry I didn't help you for the last hour. My adult self didn't help you out. Now I'm gonna get you in the shower. I'm gonna get you some comfy clothes. You know, do we wanna go gym? Do we wanna rest? Do we wanna go to sleep? What can we do? Do you need to go on a run and shake off the energy? Do we need to put on some music and have a party? Do you know what I mean? Um, so noticing when you're procrastinating and potentially why. And that is a wrap. They are all my thoughts. I just want to say that I appreciate everyone who listens to my podcast. And it is the reason why, to be fair, I do a lot of in-person events and love meeting people in person because when someone tells me they listen to my podcast, my heart honestly melts. Because again, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I forget that there are so many people listening and I do generally just feel in my own little bubble sometimes inside Anna's mind. I'm sitting in my own home and I'm just blabbing away. But you make it more of a reality for me when I do get to meet you and in a very good way. Um, and it's probably what fills me up the most. It fills up my cup the most. And so, yeah, I just want to let you know that I really appreciate you guys. And don't ever be afraid to come up to me in person. Like, I really don't like it when I see DMs of like, I saw you and I didn't want to come up and disturb you or I didn't, like I was scared. I was like, no, like what if we never met each other again in our lives? Like come up to me. I could be on a first day. I really don't care. I could be with my mom. I could be with my friends. Come up to me, tap me on my shoulder. Just be like, hey, I follow your stuff. Weirdly, you know, I'm really just kind of opening up here. I, the only time I get anxious. So I know that other like people on socials, just anyone coming up to them can make them feel anxious. Like I've seen a few people like they're like, oh, like I, I've, I get nervous if someone says anything to me. That is not me. It fills up my little heart. And I really, really appreciate when you guys also like share this with your close people. I saw a TikTok the other day and it absolutely melted my heart. And if you're listening, hey girl, she made a TikTok of like her favorite influencers at the time or at the moment. It was only posted a few days ago. And literally the first person, she was like, Anna Archer. And she was like, I've just started listening to her podcast. I listen to them every walk I go. And it was just so crazy to hear someone's feedback in that detail. Do you know what I mean? Like you guys hear me speak in detail, but like just hearing someone make a video about how much they like recommended my podcast to like everyone in their life. It just, it filled up my cup and it motivated me today to record my podcast. So thank you, Galupop. Um, So yeah, 
if you feel like this could help anyone send it out um and yeah i love you guys a lot i hope you guys have an amazing week if you're not doing too well it's okay it's just wave you just gotta put your stabilizers on get through the wave um and yeah i'm sending so much love hope you guys are well kisses bye bye